Today, we are rewinding the year. There's headlines every day. There are trends that are coming out week after week. And so you do have to know what you're paying attention to and what you want to focus on because of the fact that there's so much content in general about, about AI. But what if the secret to achieving our dreams isn't about soaking up more information? What if it's about, as you said, shedding skin, letting go of who we thought we were to become who we were meant to be. As a startup founder, you have to take a leap first and you have to believe mm. in yourself first. You can't expect Beautiful. proof points to come and you can't look for safety. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Growth is messy. Meeting the moment requires you to surrender to the moment. Our goals, you know, those big audacious dreams, it whispers to us about who we need to become. Going into news after this just seems so uninspiring. <laughs> Like, like <laughs> the biggest tech news in 2023. That's a wrap. We are rolling. Hello, friends, family, new listeners, old time listeners. Welcome to Emergence Now. Today, we are rewinding the year. We're putting it all under the microscope. So we're going to go through the lessons that we've learned, maybe even a few, you know, eyebrows raised, uh, no shame, maybe some tears, no shame. Growth is messy, right? So think of this as your year end therapy session, but with a less, with a little less awkward silences and a whole lot more fun is what we are optimizing for. So we'll be dissecting the moments that made us go Wow, that was insightful. <laughs> the curveballs that left us spinning and the gems of hopefully some wisdom that we've unearthed along the way. So this is just, this isn't just about looking back. It's about taking those, those lessons and the nuggets of wisdom that we've picked up along the way. And, uh, and hopefully the lens that we're going to be looking at 2024 with. All right, uh, Nikos, what's the biggest lesson that uh, that you've picked up this year? Or one or, what are some of the, the biggest lessons that you've picked up? Okay, I, I could break that down in, in two. I could break that down into two questions, actually. Do you want the biggest or do you want one of? Do you want to go with the big one first or do you want to go with uh, kind of a, a softball first? Let's go with the let's go with the mm, softball. Okay, let's uh, let's go oh. with the softball. Okay, so I have I have two that are out of the box <laughs> and one that's in the box. And what I mean by that is the one is a lesson that everybody would recognize because it is it's KPI driven, it's outcome driven, it's it's a framework, it's a mental model, so to speak, right? And the other two are what I call out of the box. And those are the ones mm. that get a little bit weird, but are the most significant from a personal transformation standpoint. So the first lesson, the AI signal to noise ratio is stronger than ever. Therefore, you need a mental model to disseminate and to pick apart how to identify opportunities and of course, how to enable yourself in this new explosive age of AI. Lots of lessons, even for me, that somebody that's been working in the space for 
well over 10 years now, almost 15 years with a core AI commercialization and product development background. But lots of really soft skill lessons around Sam Altman's ousting. So we could tie that to the news that's been going on in terms of leadership, but also fundamentally understanding that the use cases around AI are still coming together and still unfolding, even though that there's been a lot of technology development and a lot of innovation across the board, right? You have a whole stream of companies that are chasing this dream around AGI, so that still remains kind of at the highest tier, while pragmatically speaking, from a business perspective, you have a lot of companies that are trying to be the best large language model, meaning they want to build AIs from the ground up using and spinning up their own GPU clusters. Um, and that mm. has just caused a ton of innovation around the ecosystem from chipsets and hardware to compute how it impacts energy to the top level downstream use cases around automating how you experience something with your customers, right? How your customers are asking questions, chatbots, how your customers are interacting with you and find out about you in general. And then you have a whole stream of small to me medium-sized businesses that are just you know, chasing after this whole thing and trying to build on top of ChatGPT. And so the lesson learned there is that you just need a very, very strong signal to noise framework, mm. right? What is the signal amidst all of this all of this noise that you're getting. And what, what do you do to actually align yourself to the opportunity? Well, you know that it's going to be relatively expensive to stand up your own LLM. It's going to be relatively difficult unless you have the te technical capability to stand up an open source LLM. And you know that you could basically build any app on top of ChatGPT with a Langchain and you can go downstream and you could even use a low code app to stand up you know, a new business. And so where do you fit? Does it closely align with your own current capabilities? Are you a creative content creator? Are you somebody that wants to basically automate an entire business process and, and build apps on behalf of others? Are you a service that ultimately wants to reduce the size and scope and your OpEx and your CapEx from that service into the automation layer? And so that's where you have to really disseminate signal to noise while being at the forefront of everything going on in, in AI. So I would say signal to noise is, is stronger than ever. And for somebody like me, it's kind of continuing to do that, that little dance. Um, and you always have to remain on your toes and you always have to remain on the bleeding edge while crafting that mental model and that framework. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. We, we've learned a lot of things around, you know, what to pay attention to and even, you know, new innovative business models, as we've seen with, with open AI, which we're also exploring in, in dial in and just taking a look at what we're reflecting out because the lessons that you, that you want to take in are, are definitely going to give you pause and in, in terms of what you want to do and the decisions that you want to make in 2024. So when you say noise, is that synonymous to distraction? It's synonymous with there's, there's headlines every day 
there are trends that are coming out week after week. There's new models that are spinning up all the time, new tools that are that are launching into market and hmm. lots of things that could potentially be distracting. So I would I would 100% agree with you there. And so you do have to know what you're paying attention to and what you want to focus on because of the fact that there's so much content in general about about AI out there. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. And, and I think that's something that we would all benefit from, right? Just being really dialed in on the signal to noise ratio that's because right. there's a lot of noise. So, so for me, you know, one of the big questions that I kept asking myself in 2022, not, not this year, but last year was what is my mission? And I spoke about this. Um, I put a post up recently about this. And it's something that I've been reflecting a lot on. So in 2022, I asked myself, well, what is my mission? Right. I felt like, I felt like a bowling ball without a lane. So I kept asking myself this question over and over and over again. What is your mission there? And as I reflected and pondered this question, I was working with my, with my mentor, Sanjay, on this. And I had this profound moment where I had absolute clarity on my singular mission. It emerged. And that is to empower a billion humans to master their inner game. So it came in crystal clear, but it also came with a lot of weight. I felt this enormity of, you know, that was pressed relentlessly on my chest. Uh, it was this immense internal pressure that, that came with it. So initially I couldn't really voice the mission, not even to, to Sanjay, right? Who I worked with it on. Uh, self-doubt started creeping in and, and I started questioning the audacity to dream so big, right? How can you even have the audacity to impact so many lives, right? And so the day I found the courage to share this with him, he asked me a simple question and it was a pivotal question. He said, Darren, who do you need to become? to impact a billion humans. And, and, and that was really the aha moment because by sharing it with him, it, it really started removing some of the obstacles to move toward the mission. Uh, and it gave me that perspective that I didn't have, which is, you know, he had me start writing down who I would need or what I need to do to achieve that mission. And he helped me break it down into a series of different tasks. And one of them was to be on the TED stage. And, you know, one thing led to another because I shared this mission with a few people. I met the curator of a TEDx event that happened a couple of weeks ago. I shared my mission with her and she was instantly hooked. And from there, I started sharing it with other people. And it's amazing how people started helping me brainstorm. And as I began sharing this mission, more avenues started opening up. So one of the lessons that I learned and a lens that I'm going to use to see or to look at the, the coming year with is that a shared mission isn't 
just a mission that's voiced, but it becomes empowered. So the strength in the mission lies not only in the clarity, but it also lies in the community that it gathers and the collective empowerment that it ignites, right? So the, les the lesson for me is that, you know, it's twofold. First, share your mission, right? Forget the, the question that we ask ourselves or ask each other. Hey, how are you doing? He goes, like, what's going on? Right. This year and the coming year, I learned that the most powerful conversations begin with, Hey, how's that mission coming along? Right. Or what is your mission? Or how can I help you move toward your mission? Now imagine instead of exchanging pleasantries on autopilot, we delve into each other's passions, purpose, and that driving force. Right. So it's like flipping the script on the small talk and transforming it into, you know, an inspiring conversation that really connects us to something that's bigger than us, right? But a mission isn't just a destination. It's, it's that compass, right? So, and, and the second life, you know, the, the, the second lesson, sorry, the, the second life-changing lesson, let's put it that way, that I stumbled upon this year is that our goals, you know, those big audacious dreams, it whispers to us about who we need to become, right? So he asked me that pivotal question, who do you need to be to be able to impact a billion people? So it's to ask myself, you know, are you that person that your mission needs you to be today? Are you actively building that skill set, cultivating the mindset and you know, embodying those values. What are those values that'll pave the path to your North Star? So that's, that's one of my, my big lessons for this year. Is that one or two? I heard two there. That's, that's, did you hear two? That's one, uh, that, that I guess uh, has two parts to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I respond to that? That one's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love everything about what you said there, just because we started this podcast at the beginning of the year. And I would say that was also- Sorry, Nikos, I was just going to say, I was just going to yeah. say that that was another thing that I wrote down, right? I yeah. wrote down, so Ted Stage was one of them. A second thing that I wrote down was to launch my own podcast, right? And, and everything just started coming together from that moment that you know, I was in the shower. I mean, I remember we were talking about this like it was yesterday. I think it was episode one, right? Where yeah. I told you yeah. how I got that download and I reached out to you. And now we're in the top 5% of all podcasts globally. Yeah, yeah. And this is yeah. where I could start to go out of the box very quickly just because the the parallels are very strong, right? And it becomes convergent to the degree in which our combined missions triage up to something that is both aligned with our purpose, aligned with our skill sets, capabilities, and where we are in our careers, but also triage up to a, a master purpose, a master plan that that is now starting to unfold in front of both of us, right? So you yeah. decided or the your destiny kind of came upon you and said, hey, I want to impact a billion people and helping them master their inner game. By the end of the year, dial in had crystallized for me, right? And, uh, 
And, and I also said, hey, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. This is what I was meant to do. This is the last job I'm ever going to have. I'm only going to be CEO of Dial-In. And, but then that mission is also very much aligned with inner game as well, right? Because it's about finding that, that inner harmony with, with the external world, which a lot of people struggle with. And so that, that's when it gets like really interesting, right? Because we had both planted mm. the seeds and guess what happened? Like emergence happened for, for both of us. And that was very much, you know, clandestine for me. And it was serendipitous for me when I got the call from you in that shower and, and we started this thing and guess what happened? We both planted the seeds and in a short amount of time, not only did we get to, you know, the top podcasts and those KPIs and, and, and whatnot, but also from kind of an inner growth and an inner standpoint, now we're ready. We were ready to receive. We were ready to, to receive what that purpose and that should be. And then ultimately now we're, we're ready to give that gift to, to others. So setting the stage for, for next year. So lots of parallels that I'm starting to see. And, uh, and I love it. I love everything about how, how this is starting to unfold for both of us together. Mm. So what's the big one? You softball the, the one. first one. I, I Give us the, the first big one. one. So the big one, the big one is <laughs> kind of can be wrapped up into what we're talking about here, right? It's, uh, it, it's the big one. And then it's also in two parts, right? And so I'll, I'll say this, um, faith first proof point second. Mm. And that's that really great image of, you know, any kind of Pixar, Pixar movie, I can't really think of the one uh, off the top of my head. But when this guy is about to step on a ledge, and you have to have faith in the process, but you have to step first, knowing that, you know, if you if you fall off of the ledge, you see a bottomless abyss. But when what ends up happening is you you fall on a bed of pillows, right? But you need to have that faith first. Same with Matrix, with uh, Neo in the Matrix. When, you know, when he jumps off the first time around, he just like, he falls to the ground, almost kills himself. But, <laughs> but then he learns how to fly <laughs> eventually, right? But this whole thing, this whole leap, the entrepreneur's journey as a, as a, as a tech founder, as a startup founder, you have to take the leap first. And you have to believe mm. in yourself first. You can't, expect proof points to come and you can't look for safety. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. The universe doesn't work that way. It's, it has to come from within first. And, and that's all I, there's really not much more to say other than it's a belief in oneself. And if you, if you haven't experienced it, or if you are, if you are out there and you're, you're ready to take the plunge, just, I highly encourage it just because the lessons learned, no matter how much you fail. And I, I remember you saying this too in Chicago, in that you only fail when you quit. That one really resonated with me. It's like, there's actually no such thing as failure. There's just, there's a bunch of fits and starts. There's a bunch of iterations in the process, but it's it's only when you quit, right? So I, so that's another one. So the, the subcomponent, the sub-tier of, of this principled lesson is around surrender versus acceptance. And that was a bit, that was one of the biggest meditations for me. And so Deep Sharma, my, my, my brother at arms co-founder had been encouraging me to meditate on acceptance versus surrender for, for a very long time. And it took me a really long time to understand. And, and this one's going to be a little bit more advanced and I don't want to say too much about it because it's very, it's spiritual in nature and you do, people have to meditate on it. But when you, when you accept a premise 
when you accept somebody's assumption, even when they bring like a whole bunch of data points, right? What we said, uh, you know, earlier about glass half empty, glass half full, and the whole problem with the mind and Western society for imposing a ton of these rubrics and frameworks and KPIs and outcomes and mental models for absolutely everything, even things that we see in the physical world that has gained some consensus from, from scientists all around because they've done a bunch of research studies on it and there just happens to be consensus around what gravity is and the speed of light. The speed of light's constant has changed like a dozen times, right? How constant is it? <laughs> So I just, I just laugh. I just, I just laugh at all of these assumptions that people bring to the table. And so I, I no longer accept, I, I only surrender. And so that one was the, like the biggest thing for me is, is just surrendering to, to something greater, surrendering to what, what is now in front of me. And it allows me to be completely dialed into the moment, dialed into the mission and dialed into what I need to do. And that one, that one was really, really tough for me. I had many dark nights of the soul this year mm. as a result of just accepting premises, accepting and just like thinking, like overthinking myself, like paralysis by analysis, right? And we just getting in my own way. And that's another inner game trait. I'm sure that you've been, that's you've huge. been, you know, teaching, teaching people. So, so yeah. And it, and it rolls up to faith first, right? Faith first. Surrender versus acceptance. That was that was by far the biggest lesson for me in uh, in twenty twenty three. Huge, huge. Yeah. I, I love that. You know, you have to believe in yourself first because, you know, <laughs> that was actually one of my lessons that I was going to share, which is you know self belief, and and this is something that I've been talking about you know consistently this year is self belief is not negotiable. So imagine this, right before I was about to get on the stage, there was this woman wearing, so I was in the, uh, in the speaker's room, right? Where I was getting mic'd up. And there was this woman who was the mother of one of the speakers that just got off the stage and very traditional wearing the hijab. And she, I could tell she was very traditional by the, the sound of her Arabic, the tone of her Arabic. And she looks at me, right? She looks at me as I was about to get on stage. She looks at me and she says, do you believe in yourself? And I just, I, mean, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. You gave me goosebumps and right now. Yeah, I mean, like I didn't expect, well, first it, it was just something completely unexpected because I didn't even know she could speak English. She was speaking in, in such a, you know, traditional, uh, Arabic, you know, accent. And, and, you know, and then she asked, do you believe in yourself? And I looked at her and we had this moment. I've never met this woman in my life. And she asked me this question and I said, yes. I mean, where that came from, I have no idea. Well, I kind of do, but that's another rabbit hole. Uh, but yeah, it was such, such a powerful moment. And, you know, as I was about to get on, and I think we've all been in this situation where and when you're about to do something big, right? Something that you're stepping into the unknown, there's, there's that voice, there's, there are nerves that come up, right? That surface and there's self-doubt. But then, you know, the voice behind that voice 
is actually a different kind of voice. That voice behind the voice, if you really dial into it, the nerves are there because you care about the mission. Because you deeply are passionate about what you're doing, which is why there are nerves. And there are always going to be nerves. And it's okay, right? As long as you understand why they're there. It's to signal to you, to remind you that, you know, you care about what you're doing. So yes. bring your all to, you know, what it is that you're about to do. Yeah. And that's something yeah. that people, and I'm sure you teach this as well, right? It's about, you say, you said something very, very clear to me there. It's, um, it's tuning in to that frequency, right? Which is exactly what dial in is all about. It's, there's a higher frequency that we both can operate in where it's just coming out of pure joy. And it, that's part of surrender. It's part of your own personal belief system. And that's ultimately how, how you transform. And a piece of that ties directly to your first lesson. And th that's a question I want to pose to you because it's clear that you need to be somebody else in order to <clears throat> enable a billion people, right? But there's a flip side of that, right? Who are you willing to let go of in order to get there, right? The snake yeah. must shed its skin just as the moon sheds its shadow in order to get to that next place. So that, that's a huge one. So who, who is that for you that you need to let go of in order to get there? Yeah, so I, I feel like you've been in my head today. <laughs> because the other works. lesson. That's, that's how it works, <laughs> man. That's how it works. The other lesson was about unlearning. You, 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 you went straight there. You know, so for the longest time, I was convinced that, and we've talked about this, that to reach my goals, fulfill my dreams, to chase it, I need to keep accumulating more knowledge, more information, more understanding, more concepts, more podcasts, more New York Times bestselling book, more, you know, master classes, right? So I went from one book to the next podcast to the next course, learning continuously. And, and don't get me wrong, learning is important. It's important to us, right? But what if the secret to achieving our dreams isn't about soaking up more information? What if it's about, as you said, shedding skin, right? Letting go of who we thought we were to become who we were meant to be, right? Old habits, outdated beliefs that hold us back. So, yeah, I mean, for me, for me, there are two big things that I need to unlearn and I'm continuing to unlearn it is the first is that dread of failure, right? That dread of failure that basically just stops us on our tracks, like that deer in the headlights. And, uh, and you know, I don't know who said this, but it's a quote that I read early in the year, past failure informs our future fear, right? So let's unpack that, right? Once we've failed or experienced a setback and we start using our history, 
to predict what's going to happen in the future. We're using our history to perpetuate, we're using our history to perpetuate something that we're trying to avoid, which is failure, disappointment, setback, shame, embarrassment, humiliation, right? And that's why, you know, people don't try again, right? Uh, so while the people who do try again know that just because it happened once, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again, right? And, and I think the real question that I'm beginning to understand or the, the real aspect of this that I'm really beginning to understand is, you know, how can we develop the muscles to handle really difficult situations, right? I, I mean, we talk about, we're, we're both sports fans. Uh, you know, when you, when you look at MJ, right, coming out to play to make you know, take that big shot, right? That game winning shot, game six, everything on the line with 30 seconds on the clock for the championship, right? He's not thinking, what if I miss this shot, right? Because if he does, that's it, game over, right? He's thinking, I'm going to make this. And, and even if he doesn't, and he's missed many shots, right? He's not paralyzed by the humiliation or the disappointment. He's yeah. just not. Or Elon, when the, he's about to make this really big decision, putting everything on the line, right? They're not thinking about what if they lose. They're not playing not to lose. They're always playing to win. And, and the two, the parallel there, the, the very clear parallel there, and, and it was only because I, I listened to a Doug Collins interview about what made MJ so super successful. At Elon as well is when you when you have to make a shot like that and you have to take a big time shot or a big time risk, meeting the moment requires you to surrender to the moment. And what what did you just mention yeah. there? They're not thinking about, you know, failure. They're not thinking, you know what it is? It's because they're not thinking. They're not thinking at all. Yeah. They're just completely yeah. dialed into the moment and they are in the moment. They meet the moment and there's just it, to my understanding, MJ was just constantly in the moment that he was in. He was there to work out. Totally. He was there to play. This is exactly what we're doing. This is the play that we're running. This is what we're doing. Like there was no mental narration around, well, what if this guy does this? What if this guy does this? What if he moves? Like yeah. there's, there's none of that. He's just reacting because of all of those hours in practice. He was just completely in flow, completely in the moment. So they're just not thinking at all. That's part of the unlearning process for me as well. So that hugely resonates with me. Yeah, Dr. Joe talks about this and he says, you know, you have to go from thinking to doing to being. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I love that. And yeah, and and it it it's really about being able to handle, you know, the really tough emotions because there will be setbacks, right? But if you can handle the feeling like shame, bring it. Humiliation, <laughs> bring it. Disappointment, setback, bring it. And that's the line that really separates people who stay down, right? and are focused on the process and just, like you said, not thinking, and those that get paralyzed by the thought of failure. That's right. Right? Yeah. And and yeah, I mean, it, it's all about just licking your wounds and saying, okay, let's go again, right? Yeah. If you don't stop, you don't fail. I mean, we started, if you think about it, we started life, right, at a young age, failing, if you really think about it, right? I mean, when you started taking your first step, you fell down, right? Sure. 
I mean, we don't say at that point, like, let's just stop. Maybe walking's not for me, right? I mean, <laughs> so we're, we started life in the moment, failing, falling down, right? So yeah, that was, that was a big one. Unlearning is definitely huge. Yeah. And so let me, let me double click into those just because I think this, for some people that aren't super aware or, or self-aware or just beginning kind of this um, more out of the box journey, I think kind of grounding this in, in a couple of tactics would, would help. So the one tactic is in, in unlearning is obviously not thinking, and that's really hard for people to do, right? So I'll just oversimplify by saying meditation really helps with this and just focusing on breath. It's, you know, you pick your, you pick your style and approach and technique, whether that's doing a mantra or an aff affirmation or say that again, um, say that again, doing what meditation. No, the, the other word, a the mantra. other M word. Oh, mantra. No, I um, I mantra. Mantra. I like the mantra. way you said that. Mantra. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a mantra. Yeah. Isn't that how you say it? <laughs> yeah. it's a, well, mantra. I've heard mantra. A, oh, it's a mantra. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a mantra. So say your mantra and, and your affirmation no. and w whatever that is. And, and just that, that helps with turning off the mind. And that takes a ton of practice. And we could spend a whole other episode just talking about that specific technique. And then the other one is the, the letting go portion, right? And, and part of letting go is creating the space between any emotion that you're feeling like right here, that tends to be negative that you get swept away by, but then it, it usually starts here and then the emotion triggers it. But when you supersede that by separating the emotion with yourself, and just simply asking, you know, who is experiencing this anxiety? Who is experiencing this fear? Who is experiencing this really strong sense of discomfort right now? And, and just observing yourself feeling that or just observing where it's actually where, where it is in your body and then starting to stretch it out. Right. So those are a little bit more advanced techniques, but it starts with creating the space between observing the emotion and, and then asking yourself, who is it that is actually feeling that positive or negative emotion. And then you'll realize you're going to go into to, uh, a rabbit hole that starts to create consciousness for you. And so those are the two techniques that I feel are very powerful in, in unlearning and, and starting to get on this, um, this more, this more um, elevated and transcendent path. You just gave me an episode idea, an episode on unlearning. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. There. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I love because that. The yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think that would really bring a lot of value to, to people who are trying to prune some of those neurons. Uh, <clears throat> the second thing that I felt that I really need to unlearn other than, you know, the dread of fear is this whole notion of this belief that, you know, I've carried around for a long time, which defined me. I wore it like a badge of honor, multitasking. It was just ridiculous. I mean, I, I vividly recalled moments where I felt like I was trying to read three books at the same time, right? And, and the, the words would just, you know, blur together, the stories faded, and all I was left with was a headache right? And a sense of frustration that I didn't retain any information, right? And I couldn't apply it 
into my business or my, my lifestyle. So I've come to realize that breaking free from this obsession over productivity isn't just about, you know, taking a step back. It's really all about making a conscious choice that it's really about quality over quantity, right? So it's, it's just saying sayonara to, you know, the frenzy and, and, and really embracing. I think this really goes to what you spoke about, the signal to noise ratio, yeah. right? Like a lot of what we're doing, right, is producing 80% of what we're doing is producing 20% of the results, right? Or 80% of our time is going to 20% of the results. And you flip it the other way around, 20% of our time is actually producing 80% of our results, right? Just knowing that as a framework, like really allows us to, to, to dial in, uh, to be more focused on single tasking, right? Just, just right. being singularly focused. Yeah. What, what I gather from that is direct experience over thought-based filtering and interpreting the experience, right? Because you can only achieve direct experience in deep states of meditation. There's no, there's no like mental narration or the voiceover that's like trying to filter and interpreting the, the experience in real time. And so it, same with me, I, I got rid of 300 books recently and just kind of gave them the goodwill, right? It's like, that, that was good. Mm. I filled my head with all of these books and I was just looking at them. I'm like, it's just one mental model, one perspective after another. And this isn't to say that I don't love knowledge because I still, I, I still get lots of pleasure around reading, but it's more for, for the art and the craft rather than, you know, what new mental model or framework can I use to create and how to be successful and drive outcomes is just, it's just less about that. It just, the more thought-based that I become, the more paralyzed I am. So yes, unlearning is, is a, a very strong component of the essentialism that, that, that is very strong in um, what, what sounds like our, our mutual practice. Okay. Uh, another major lesson that I picked up this year and something that I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about taking this into the future, which is to simply question everything. You know, we started, like, one of the first words we learned is why, right? Why mom? Why dad? Why? Why, why, why? So it's, I think there's so much that we take for just face value and we are not asking ourselves that question as to, well, why is it being done the way it's being done? And is that the best way going forward? Or is there a better, more essential way to taking on this task, this project, this practice, this habit, whatever it may be? Right. So just question everything. And, and this really speaks to the first principles episode that we did. We unpacked this in great detail. A lot of the motivation came out of that episode. And so, yeah, question everything. I love that. I'll, I'll just briefly respond to that by saying that it's, it's also part of what I mentioned earlier in terms of accepting. I used to accept a lot of premises. And I used to accept 
a premise that somebody had kind of imposed upon me. And yeah, instead of questioning it, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go with that assumption and then respond either positively or negatively. And then, and then all of a sudden you're on your back foot, right? Especially if you're dealing with like a journalist or, or, or somebody like that. Um, so just don't accept any premise, simply just surrender, but don't accept any premise whatsoever. And this gets back into kind of, you know, what the app does, which is, you know, things are neither bad nor good. They're just, it's a process of change, right? So, mm. you know, hot, hot, This it's really, really hot. No, it's really, really cold. Well, what transcends that? Temperature. And you find a dial there, yeah. right? So, so there is always something that, that transcends the, the good or bad, but then just going with, you know, it's neither, it's neither good nor bad. It's a, it's a process of change. So yeah, that one's a, yeah. a big one for me as well. Beautiful. All right. So reflecting on the whirlwind that was 2023, uh, thank you to all of you for being part of this incredible journey. Uh, let's bid farewell to 2023, bring on this incredible year that's going to be 2024. Any support to grow this podcast would mean the world to us. We spend a lot of time and energy to make these conversations accessible to help as many of our listeners to get value. So if you like this episode and you're happy to support us, there are two things you can do. The first is you can share this with people in your tribe. And the second thing that you can do is to give us a five-star rating and leave us a review on anywhere you get your podcast. So I know all podcasters ask you to do this, but this is the one way that you can help us reach more listeners that we can impact. So that's 2023. Nikos, any parting words from you, my brother? Nothing other than I am so, so excited about what 2024 brings because it is going to be such a significant and pivotal year. It sounds like for us both and hoping that it's the same for all of you out there. Thank you for tuning in, your time, your energy, and your feedback. Keep them coming. And we are signing off in 23. We'll catch you in 2024. Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Now where we explore the emerging trends, technologies, and ideas that are shaping our world today for you to discover yourself. We hope you enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights that you can apply in your own life. If you want to stay up to date with our latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And don't forget to follow us on social media, where we share additional content, engage with our community, and keep the conversation going. Thanks again for listening to Emergence Now, and we hope you'll join us for the next episode.